You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Let's go to the beginning, go to Romans 1. Come on. Are you guys excited to get into someone's servant, you would be offending their master. And so he's saying, hey, I'm here on the behalf of Christ. If you've got a problem with me, you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with Jesus Christ. And I take the same position this morning. If you've got a problem with anything I have to say to you, you don't have a problem with me. You've got a problem with Jesus Christ. an apostle. Yes. That's what I am. Oh. It's not what I'm doing. Amen. It goes on. And verse 6. It says, and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all in Rome, who are loved by God and called to be saints. Amen. He says, this is who I am. Oh, you yes. know what? It's who you are as well. Amen. I'm called. But you're called. In fact, all in Rome. God wants to call them to be saints. See, we don't believe in a clergy, lady style of leadership. We don't believe in that. Wasn't that what he first saw when he came out to a church of only sold out disciples? He said, wow, there's somebody preach on the stage, but the person next to me, they really know their Bible too. In fact, it was that person who studied the Bible with me and helped me become a disciple. See, we don't believe that. We believe that we all received a calling from God. It's an incredible calling. Let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 28. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose for those God knew. He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified in the church. You know, here we see what the Spirit of God is all about. See, the Bible is not a record of men's search of God. It is the account of God's search of men. Wow. God's searching for any generation, in every generation, for men who would rise up and take his call. Even in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, it says, But the Lord called out to man, Where are you? And that same call has went through every generation. Where are you? And we're saying, Here am I, send me. We are ready to go because we're called by God. Come on. 
us this morning, in no less of a fashion, we've been called. You know, I, I love this, how it starts out, it says, and we know. You know, it shows that you know that. It shows that you just get this point. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Who have been called. Every morning I pray that. You know when you're like praying and you have like those automatic responses where you're thinking of what to pray about next? This is one of my automatics. God, I know that you love me and you're working for the good of whatever's happening. I've been called to your purpose. So if you've been wondering why, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why am I having a hard time with my disciple right now? Why doesn't she like me? You know, uh, it's exciting that we're going to have this year's Global Leadership Conference in Manila. And there's a, uh, a delicacy in Manila called balloons. Oh, no. And, man, people from the Philippines love this. If you don't know what it is, it's a, an egg with, like, an almost-born chicken in it. And they eat it, and they just love it. And, uh, you know what, Baloo might be the, the greatest thing on the planet, but I'm never going to know because I ain't never going to try. It might be just incredible, but I just have to find out because I'm not going to try it. And sadly, that's how a lot of people can be with being called by God. We'll get to experience that greatness because few will actually embrace that they are called by God. I want to share with you a scripture that's very important to me. Come on, Jason. Let's turn over to Hebrews 5. Come on, bro. Come on, Jason. Hebrews 5 and verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 1. Come on. It says, Every high priest is selected from among men. Hebrews 5, verse 1. It's selected from among men and appointed to represent them in matters related to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He's able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God. Just as Aaron was. Amen. This is the difference between Saul and David. Wow. Both were called by God. Both were anointed by Samuel. But Saul didn't really buy into this whole being called by God thing. In fact, when it came time to present him as king, he was hiding amongst the baggage. And when it came time to go and fight for the people of God, he wanted nothing to do with it. But David, he understood that God was with him. And that he was called by God. Yes, right. And so when it came time to take out Goliath, he took him out. Yeah. You know, I remember Kip preaching this scripture years and years ago in L.A. He said, you've got to really wrestle with, are you called by God if you want to be in the ministry? Yes. And I went home and I thought about it. <laughs> he told us to. And, uh, and I went home and I just looked at everything that had happened in my life. 
And I came to a conclusion that all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the hardships, the victories, the failures, everything that happened, God allowed all those things to happen because he wanted to temper me and mold me because he had called me to be in the full-time ministry of the evangelist. And nobody else sees it. The other guys didn't really quite understand what he was saying. Nobody else really saw what was happening. Surely no one in the church thought it would have happened. And I can relate. I can relate to that. When I was told, there wasn't a lot of people going, now that's the guy. He's the one. You know, I was restored on May 23rd, 2010 by Colt Rohn. It's awesome to have him here. And there wasn't, uh, there was, I had a bad credit rating <laughs> in the kingdom of God. Oh. And uh, I remember when we did the Spy Out the Land with Kip, and we're going around San Francisco, and Kip says to me, he goes, you know how I, I, I didn't believe in you in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I know, bro. You know, but I had to wrestle with, did God call me? Yeah. That's the way God would have it. Wow. I didn't have um, a lot of people really encouraging me in the beginning. Come on. Tim told me things, my very wonderful discipler at the time. He did teach me everything. He told me, like, bro, if you want to be in the ministry, I would ask Kip if he can go start a remnant group somewhere. <laughs> so I was like, Kip, I will go to Lithuania. I'll go to Florida and start a remnant group. I'm pretty sure Lance Underhill may come with me. That didn't happen. You know, I was also saying, bro, I don't think you're ever going to lead a region in L.A. That was wrong. I led a region in L.A. Now, you get paid for it. You know, I remember paying for myself to be in the ministry full-time for about a year and a half. Wow. And at the end of that, you know, I kind of expected that there would be a, a nice job. <laughs> I just felt that that made sense. And so they were like, hey, the money's out, and I'm ready to start working for the church. And uh, I was like, yeah, I think you need to go get a job now. And that was an incredible opportunity to be really It was an incredible. I think some of us, we need a discipler every week to tell us that they believe in us. That they're like, I believe in you. Please don't get discouraged because I do believe in you. Everybody believes in you. We all are here for you. We're the people. We're going to be like Paul. We're no matter what anybody thinks, that they believe that they're called by God. I remember Jacob Bias coming from Eugene, Oregon, with us to San Francisco. And he can't he comes in for his first D time and plops himself on the couch like he has no bones in his body. And I said, hey bro, let's look at Proverbs 29. What's your great vision? 
What is Jesus doing here? Why is he doing this to his guys? I mean, can you imagine that? Going on a mission team, say, hey, we, we set you up here, we give you a globe, and that's it. You get a globe, and that's all you get. You get no money. Don't call L.A. If you, if you call L.A., just your own phone rings. When we got to Las Vegas, I said, there's no calling anybody. If you call, it's just you're, you're going to hear your own voice on the end of the line. He says, hey, no money, no bag. You keep your sandals, but don't take any extra tunic. Why is he doing this to the guys? He's pushing down. He's pushing down. He's making it deliberately difficult. He says, hey, when you go, you just preach. And if somebody will not welcome you, he says, you just flat go. Hey, man, I'm coming back next week. You better come to Bible talk. <laughs> he says, you shake the dust. And you just keep on going. Preach. You know, I think sometimes we're scared of pushing people. We're scared of being pushed. We will never evangelize the world comfortably. Never. It will never happen. Only if we push and only if we're willing to be pushed. And sometimes we go, well, we don't want to hurt people. Oh, 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 disciples are volunteers. Volunteers? I heard an evangelist once say the church, right? The people in church are volunteers. I already tell you you're not doing Jesus' ministry. Right. Because my Bible says that every person was bought by the blood of Jesus. In fact, they're not their own. In fact, we all belong to each other. Because this is the family of God. Let's look at verse 30. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Lay it out. It says. The apostles gather around Jesus and report to them all they had done and taught. What's that? Accountability. Jesus was into it. (laughs) He was into accountability. He wanted to know what they were teaching. How was the foundation of what they were laying? Uh Was everybody sold out? Did everybody come to the meetings of the Bible? Did you hit Hebrews 10? (laughs) He wanted to know what they were teaching and what they did. Were they setting an example? Were they fruitful? Were they in Bible talks? Were they in Bible studies? I want to know what you're teaching. I want to know what you're doing. And they reported to Jesus. You know, I too am a child of the ICOC. Come on. Come on, on, Reddit. And I too am somebody who saw his life destroyed through the fall of it. Yeah. I went through a divorce. Come on. I have an 18-year-old daughter who's not a disciple. Come on. Really doesn't want anything to do with being a disciple. And I have a 13-year-old who's biding her time. I have an ex-wife who's in jail. But I know that I can't live in a reaction to the past. That I can't paint my future with my past. And we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Then we've got to again... Be willing to get pushed. We've got to again be willing to be molded. And we've got to again be willing to push and mold people. Because that's how Jesus did ministry. You know, after this, they're tired. They've now done a missionary journey. They come back. They've had a little bit of a D time. Jesus says, let's get away. You guys are clearly whooped. 
<laughs> Let's get away. I, I, I ordered a Netflix. <laughs> we're going to have a Netflix night, and we're going to order some pizza. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, you're the best. <laughs> I knew you understood how we felt. <laughs> they start to, they, you know, Peter comes walking up with five pizzas, and they look. And there's 5,000 people there. <laughs> Jesus, we got the, you got the, you rented the movie, I got the pizzas, let's just tell these people, he goes, no, 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 here's what you do, you got five pizzas? He says, yeah, but I can eat one by myself. He says, no problem, dude, I can make this happen, and he flat multiplies the pizzas. And then they have a pop-up restaurant. Nice. They said, Here, here's the thing, I know, you're, I know you're tired. You just have everybody organized into groups of 50s. That'd take a good hour and a half, 5,000 people. <laughs> and, then, and then why don't you just go ahead and serve them. Serve everybody. And then I want you to clean up all the extra slices because nothing goes to waste. And that's when you can eat after that. I'm like, hey, who's here ever walked, worked in the restaurant industry? Oh my gosh. My first job was a busboy at Village Inn in St. Pete Beach, Florida. And I would grab these big bins and all these dishes. And I remember I was working so hard one day, I was 15 years old, that this lady says, here's here's five bucks. She gave me five bucks because she saw that I was well. Here, Jesus is pushing the guys. Let's look here in verse 45. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat to go ahead and to Bethesda. While he dismissed the crowd. Well, he, well, after leaving them, he went on to a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was out, he was out alone on the land. He saw the disciples were straining at doors because the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night. He went out to them, walking on the lake, and he was about to pass by them. But when they saw him, they walked, walking on the lake, they said, He is a ghost! And they cried out because they all saw him were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage! It is I! Don't be afraid. Then he climbed in the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. For they not understood the lows. Their hearts were hardened. What is Jesus doing? They're struggling with Jesus. They're struggling. They didn't understand what he was doing. That he was preparing them. Because Matthew 28 was not going to be the cute little missionary journey where they went about two by two. He says, now you're going to go to all nations. And if you look in Luke 22, he says, hey guys, remember when I sent you out and I didn't give you anything? Did you lack anything? He says, no, we had everything we needed. He said, yeah, but now you take your bag, you take your money, you take your everything, and if you don't have a sword, you flat buy one. Because now you're going to all nations. Amen. Congratulates the guys because they did it. See, they actually did discipleship. Come on, Jason. They actually did it. And I think sometimes we can be discipleship enthusiasts. Like we like the idea of it. Like we're boating enthusiasts, but we don't really own a boat. <laughs> but you've got to actually do discipleship. Let somebody in your life allow yourself to be trained by somebody. When I got restored, I told myself one thing. I said, I'm going to do everything I never did. You know what? I'm going to actually be humble. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a test try. 30 day membership. I'm going to let Tim actually have sway in my life. I'm going to let him teach me things. I'm going to put myself under him. I'm going to allow it to happen. See, discipleship is something you got to allow happen. you got to allow yourself to be bent. you got to allow yourself to be pushed. 
Why is this so important? Because it's the only hope for a lost world. It's the only hope. You see, the opening scene is not about a guy fighting against Morpheus. It's about a guy fighting against himself. He's not trying to figure out how to do Kung Fu. He's trying to figure out what's real. What does he really believe? And it's learning to let go. That's what Neo had to learn to do. And I believe it's the same thing that all of us must learn to do. It's to let go. Yes. Morpheus rebukes him. He says, hey, stop trying to hit me and hit me. Yeah. The same way I want to tell you, stop trying to be a leader and just be one. Yeah. Stop trying to get an addition and let's flat start a revolution. Yeah. Yeah. My third point to be very short. <laughs> Because apostles are the only hope for a lost world. Wow. Let's turn to Romans 8. Come on, brother. Romans 8. Come on, Jason. Come on, Jason. Come on, Jason. Come on, Jason. Lay it out. It says in verse 18 I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself may be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. This is an amazing passage if we interpret it correctly. Here, if you look in the Greek, the word creation... It's the same word as in Mark 16, where it says, Go to all the world and preach good news to all creation. Now, obviously, it's not meaning go and preach to the trees and stuff like that. It's using it as as mankind. And it's actually the same Greek word, even though it reads differently, as Colossians 1. Where it says, every creature under heaven has heard this gospel. All mankind had heard the gospel. So, let's read it now. It says... And consider of our present suffering. So whatever the suffering is, raising missions, going tagging, whatever it takes, staying up late, getting up early, going to Bible whatever all the hard work we gotta do, it's not even worth mentioning in comparison to the greatness of world evangelism. That's what we're talking about. This is why. Because creation. Humankind, mankind waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. See, Birmingham is waiting in expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, and they'll be sent there on Sunday. Amen. Of the children of God. Now I read that. It just reminds me of Acts 16. Come on bro. About the Macedonian who's begging for Paul to come and preach. Yeah. And I'm telling you. Humanity is begging for the church. It's begging for the sons of God to be revealed. Germany is crying out. Spain is crying out. Ireland is crying out. All of Europe is crying out. For the sons of God to be revealed. So they can be liberated. So they can be emancipated. And brought into the glory. 
place. Not next year, not next week, but today. Because today is the day of salvation. What are we waiting for? Like you said, you're faster than this. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Let's let go. What are we scared of? What are we scared of? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. We are the messengers. Yes. We are the apostles. We are the sons and daughters that all creation is waiting for. Maybe you're hurting right now. Maybe it's been a tough year. Maybe your faith is taking some hits. And maybe you're even thinking to yourself, I know what Jason's trying to do. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get me to buy into being a leader again. He's trying to get me to believe that we can change the world. Yes! Yes! I'm trying to free your minds to the calling on the But I can only show you the door. You must walk through it. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you'd like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one